That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. As always, I am your host, the Commodore, and we're only four minutes late. Wow. Last I checked, it was two that's, minutes. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty damn good. Oh, I mean, assuming we actually are broadcasting, because I mean, we Lord knows we've done a number of those where we actually thought we were, <laughs> we weren't. So, you know, assuming you people can hear us right now, uh, you can hear the sound of my voice. And if you're watching live, see my beautiful face, if I may say so myself. Yes. Um, then then we're, we're doing pretty well for, for four minutes start time. So uh, and with me, as always, is Rue. Uh, Rue, how are you doing so very far away this fine, fine evening? I'm doing all right. I'm excited that th- we, we've we've made a promise to ourselves that this will be the actual episode where we keep it to an hour. Yes. We'll see if that works. How many times have we said that? Every like time. four times? Yeah. I would say. Time. We're going to keep it to an hour. Ding, dang, diddly time. Yep. Hello to the chat. Hi, chat. Popping VN readers, Cherry. So <laughs> it's fun. So, um... So yeah, uh, you know, it's probably a good time to mention this. We are, in, in addition to being a legitimate podcast now, we also have a, um, you know, a, a legitimate chat room where you can have the chat experience while you enjoy the program. If you'd yes. like to be able to join the chat experience, uh, you can do through do so through a standard IRC client. But if you need to get all that information, you can get it yeah. right up on clanofthegraywolf.com. Look yes. at the upper right hand corner. There is a little chat button. If you, if you are not a, a Linux user from that, that's 40 years old, uh, you can just go straight to the Clan of the Grey Wolf and chat right there. Simple as pie. If my girlfriend can learn how to do it, you can learn how to do it. And if you can learn how to make pie, you can eat it. And you can eat it. Ding, dang, ding, dong. <laughs> in order to make an apple pie, you must first invent the universe. Oh, haven't heard that one in a while. Um, it's a good one. But yes, uh, you had just been saying that we are a real life podcast. Here's a daily by daily. I mean, fortnightly reminder that we are uh, available on iTunes, Stitcher and Android app of your choice. Just search for Echo Screen Live. And if you wouldn't mind, if you if you're getting us on iTunes, leave us a, a review. We would really much appreciate it. It helps us get uh, the word out a little bit more. So, yeah, yeah we, we, we like people. We generally like people. We, we do. We do very little advertising for this. In fact, we do none. So all of you that are there by the grace of God, thank you so much. Um, we often speculate about how how big this show could get if we actually did some advertising around it. And I know Mark is out there right now uh, yelling at his screen because I know he would like to do that very much. But anyway, we don't. We're amateurs. We know it, and we don't care. So definitely amateurish. We're definitely amateurish. We don't do we don't do anything professionally, except for the fact that we actually do have a format to the show, which I will outline to you right now. If this is your first time tuning in, it's my first time tuning in. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you you don't usually tune in. Usually, you actually uh, you just participate. You don't tune in. Are you doing two at the same time right now? You get two windows open. One like watching. One. I have way too many windows open right now <laughs> just like just like everybody i'm waiting for my six-year-old computer to just collapse in a heap one day it's yeah. it's, it's it's bringing this whole show to you on strings and bubblegum you can and, and the entire marathon too which we should probably talk about but oh, yeah. uh I, I bet your desktop is heavily heavily cluttered with a bunch of garbage am i right that's one way to put it <laughs> what okay yeah i don't, I don't know um, this is also the podcast, the last podcast before the marathon. We'll talk about that in a second because I did promise we would talk about the format of the show. For those of you that haven't joined us before, this is how this whole this year program just kind of works uh, or, or doesn't, however you like to think about it. 
First, we uh, really three sections to the program, if you will. The first being the tids and bits, the T and B. We like to uh, also uh, news and notes, if you want to. Things that we think you should be interested in because they are, in fact, interesting. Give our little spin on those things. Secondly, we'll get to the topic du jour. It's the topic of the day. Mm, I'll have that. Uh, we have something to talk about related to that as well. Tonight's topic actually happens to be about freemium games. Yeah. Those, those games that tell you they're so wonderfully free to play and everybody, all your friends that are addicted to them tell you how great they are. We're going to spend a little time. Your grandma playing the Candy Crush. Breaking it down. Yes. We're going to break it down today. We're going to talk to you a little bit about the, about the freemium games. But before that, sorry, I was trying to throw that to you. Broken, is this on broken Commodore. Hello? nope hello um the third portion of the program so i'm not going to do before that oh damn is the question and answer portion of the program that. you gave me the, you gave me the <laughs> biggest like yeah it was just like oh damn it's not it's not over yet the uh so the <laughs> the third portion of the program is the question and answer portion of the program if you would like to ask us a question that we would answer live on the air there are two simple ways to do so if you are in the chat all you have to do is click on my name it is Commodore 128. I'm actually going to highlight it here in the chat right now. Just click my name. Send me a private message in chat. I'll take those as submissions. Also, you can tweet at me at It's the Commodore on Twitter. Send your uh, questions in now. You can send questions about the tids and bits, the news and notes. You can send uh, uh, any kind of question about the topic du jour. Or you can send questions about meh, life in general, whatever you like. We answer questions. Uh, we don't really segregate when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, different questions. We'll, we'll answer questions of almost any color and kind. All right. Now, you were actually going to talk about something, so I'll let you talk about it now. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, <clears throat> if we're going into the tids and bits, the first thing to talk about is our sixth annual charity marathon. Uh, video game, sixth. Video gaming. 16-bit gaming marathon <clears throat> for 60 hours. Uh, that's 16-bit, 60 hours, uh, two different numbers. But um, that is coming up on f starting at noon on Friday, December 12th, running 60 hours through the 14th. Uh, and we will be playing pretty much any game you want us to play from Super Nintendo and Genesis and some of our favorites from the CDI and Sega Genesis. So that's going to be a ton mm -hmm. of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> our goal this year is $15,000. Modest. Yes, and this is to benefit uh, the St. Jude's... I, I, I was recording a video for this the other day. I kept saying it wrong. The St. Jude's, uh, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. There it uh, is. And uh, which is a great charity. Uh, it was um, uh, a charity that was championed by. Uh, uh, oh God, um, I'm completely drawing a blank. Wow, you you just whiffed on that one hard. I did. Uh, Robin did Williams, you? thank you. <laughs> back back when he was uh, doing uh, charity work, which was back when time. he was. Alive, alive. Uh, and uh, it, it's an excellent uh, charity. It's a if you're not familiar with it, it's a hospital that uh, basically takes in children free of charge with debilitating, debilitating and life threatening conditions, and does what they can for them, and also does research into curing such conditions. So, uh, great charity, and we're proud to be supporting them. So, um, in addition to that, we have a lot of things to give away. Very generous folks. Uh, one of the big things we're doing this year is the, uh, the Champions of Rock Studio is a uh, uh, um, graphic design outfit out in Los Angeles, and they are donating four, count them, four designs uh, of 16-bit uh, prints 
that will only be available by donating to the marathon. You can get more information at clanofthegraywolf.com. Forgot her name, too. I did. I am super whiffing. I shouldn't have had that bottle of scotch before we started. And I'm, if you're uh, watching us on YouTube, I'm showing you uh, the samples right now. It's from four different games. We have uh, uh, three different poses from each game in like this really neat 3D laser art. These will be printed on metallic paper. Uh, they'll be 11 by 19. Uh, sorry, 11 by 17. So you can frame them very nicely. Um, and uh, I'm very excited to take a look at these. We got Terra from Final Fantasy VI. Uh, we've got uh, Mega Man X uh, looking very splendid. Uh, we have, I don't know why I said splendid. We have Super Metroid, Samus from Super Metroid, yes. and of course the ever-present Sonic, uh, the, the Hedgehog, Hedgehog, Hedgehog. Um, from Sonic Three. So uh, very excellent designs. I want to thank uh, Champions of Rock Studio, the Champions of Rock Studio, for their very generous donation there. We always get some somebody to donate something. This this is pretty damn exciting. I don't know if we've ever had anything this cool to offer up on the on the marathon. So this is going to be great. Also, we should mention that that uh, we had a, we had a deluge of of wonderful giving individuals last year who heard a a cry, a need, if you will, for us to uh, to be able to have things for donations such as game codes mm -hmm. from uh, services like Steam or and or, or, P or the you know Nintendo eShop or PS all, whatever every, all the above. And we had uh, some really incredible folks step up and, and offer us all kinds of game codes for uh, a lot of really great games. And um, we are going to give you the opportunity to donate those to us ahead of time so that we can wrap things around it, do a little more planning on it, because you know how these things go. So if you have a game code that you'd like to be able to share for one of those services and you'd like to be able to donate it to the marathon, you can send us an email, right, Rue? You can. First off, you're fuzzy. You should fix your your focus. Secondly, oh. send, oh, us, yes. send us an email to uh, cotgw.marathon at gmail.com already had a great response i need to actually get back to some people who have sent us codes already thank you very much if you have already donated uh if you would like to please do so uh, and you can actually donate right now to the charity by going to clan the great yep, all right don't even have to wait don't even have to wait all right and, and by the way don't worry <clears throat> donating right now does not take you out of the running for right. any of the competitions that we're doing and don't worry that you know because it's not the big show you know, we're not sitting there in front of the TV right there live that you aren't entered into the competitions and all that kind of stuff, the, the, all those things that we're doing. So you can still donate now. Please do. We're going to need it. It's a big goal. Please help. We'll need your Good dollars. cause. All right. In the meantime, let's actually get to the show instead of yeah, the, let's get to the show. Uh, so flagellation here. Uh, tids and bits. Flagellation. What, what, what tids and bits do you have? Um, I have I have a couple, but one stands out as one that we absolutely must talk about. Okay. So uh, it's kind of kind of two topics, uh, but I'll just make it one because there's one we really have to talk about, and that is that the teaser trailer because it's not really a trailer. Oh. The teaser trailer for Star Wars Seven. I actually forgot about that. Yes, came out this week. Star Force. Star Force. Star Wars. Star Force. The Force Awakens. So this will be something that if you're listening to this uh, podcast in like two years' time, it's like 2016. You're listening to this are crazy about a trailer you're gonna be like wow man what a simpler time before the robot wars um but yes uh the, the trailer came out what are your thoughts on this came out the day after thanksgiving strangely enough but it was like a full i don't know 45 seconds minute long of just like snippets of the next movie first it's like first new star wars in uh, over no about a decade yeah it's um 
because it's, it's a really almost like six kind of moving images almost, right? Um, oh. Well, not really. I mean, okay. just kind of six little scenes that move maybe an inch each I, time. I'm sure most of you have seen it. There's a, there's a stormtrooper, a, a, a stormtrooper with his helmet off. Uh, he's also black, which supposedly some people are up in arms about. I've just seen well, people complaining about the people who are complaining about it. Not right. The actual complainers. Well, so, which is why I basically, I don't know if that's after, a fake outrage yeah, thing, but anyway. Well, I, I just kind of unsubscribe from all those sites. Like if I saw somebody criticizing that, I just went, stupid. okay, yeah. I'm out of here. The, the most important thing from that is it's not Django Fett, which is already a plus. That, but it's a, it's a total plus. But if there was anything that confused me about the trailer, that was it. Nothing else confused me. Well, I can't say that. There is one image that confused me, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, you know, I thought the the trailer did a good job of kind of just showing us familiarity, the things, some of the things that we would find very much kind of old hat for Star Wars movie. There's a little droid in it. You know, there Soccer are stormtroopers. Yep. Um, X-wings over the water. There's Millennium X-wings Falcon. that don't look like regular old X-wings. Yeah, the Millennium Falcon. I got a, overall a great feeling from the trailer. Or, I mean, at least a good feeling. I was like, yeah, this feels like Star Wars. Okay, cool. As yeah. much as you can get from like a 45-second trailer. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't yeah. really have anything wrong with it. I'm, I'm unfortunately, actually getting a mildly excited for the movie now. Right. And I, I am, too. I, I think it does exa- everything you're supposed to do with a... I mean, this is not a trailer. It's a teaser, right? Yeah. So... You know, it, I think it does a great job because it's it just it gives you just enough to know that it's familiar, but that they're taking a very different tone in this movie. This movie doesn't look to be, you know, any of the kind of George Lucas classical drama. This looks to be much more of a kind of tense, um, you know, uh, I, I don't really know what I kind of high energy, almost, you know, um, uh, what am I trying to th- like a thriller almost mm-hmm. like that's that's the feeling that the teaser gives. I don't know if that if that lends itself to the, what the movie's actually about, but it makes it feel very tense. I, I see people in the chat who are very reserved. This is much how I have been feeling. It's like, okay, new Star Wars movie could be good because Lucas isn't attached, but still right. so burned after the last one's kind of wait. Well, he's, see. he's still a he's still an advisor, right? I mean, he was still an advisor during uh, the filming. They, yeah, advisor. They can take his opinions and chuck them in the uh, circular is that, is, that, is that just because they wanted to pay him something they just wanted for the to movie now that he doesn't own Lucasfilm that's anymore. probably the only way to get him to actually sell the, act, the sell Lucasfilm <laughs> like yeah George we'll, we'll take it whatever you say under advice yeah we'll, we'll just write you a check and here's how much of the gross you're getting thank um, you Nash in the chat makes a very good point about how to him it felt a little bit off things were not grainy enough it was a little bit too mm-hmm. polished mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know I mean I, I can see what he's saying I think it's a good mix between the overpolishment, if that's a word, of yes. episodes one, two, and three versus severe overpolishing, yeah, you know, wherever, well, because everything was a green screen essentially, versus right. you know the original trilogy. I mean, the thing is, like, right. things are supposed to look a little bit more slick nowadays. I'm frankly expecting something very similar uh, to Star Trek, the the new Star Trek movies, but for Star Wars, you know, essentially, uh, I would not be surprised if there was the same type of action same type of cinematography which is not a bad thing people have been saying for a while that hey jj uh, abrams made a great new star wars movie and it's called star trek so yes so um so i i, I don't the, the cleanness thing doesn't bother me the uh <coughs> the, the saber thing kind of bothers me oh Can we talk about the saber thing people are so ridiculously well hung i, up I on mean this. 
I mean, I'm not necessarily hung up on it. I'm not saying so, it destroys the truth, so but it's kind of stupid. Haven't, if you haven't seen it, there's like this claymore lightsaber with uh, uh, a hilt, essentially, like yeah. a laser hilt. Yeah, and which makes are, no sense to me. Like, why? Why? Fine. Yeah, but but wait a minute. But here, can you just answer? Can I just answer this question for me? I mean, I'm I'm not going to get all up in arms. I just want you to answer one. Yes. Simple, easy to reason, very straightforward question for me. What was wrong with lightsabers? Just the, regular old lightsabers. Need, what was wrong with they them? They need something new and flashy. I mean, they have, why? Just because it's exciting. I no. mean, it, it's, it doesn't have anything to do with telling stories. It's just something exciting. Let's let let's face it. Star Wars at least on some level, has to do with exciting children. Okay? Yeah. Well, so, so this what, is something... You and I were pretty thrilled as kids with lightsabers. Actually, I never watched Star Wars, so I was like... I know. We, we, we were more excited by phasers, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> you, you and me, because you and, you and I came into it late in the game. We did. point is, um, you know, kids everywhere were excited about laser swords. I, I'm, is that what they're called? I'm laser sure, swords? This, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, phaser swords, actually. Yeah, um, phaser swords. Got the, it. The right. thing and is about, about the new lightsaber. I'm more excited because it looks like it could use a different type of fighting style. It's more. Mm. It looks like because I mean, if you look at lightsabers now, they're like well, I mean, they're just a, a blade. They look like something like a Roman gladius or <clears throat> maybe a katana even. And the fighting style kind of mimics that. Or, or all offense, that all the time. Basically, yeah. yeah. There's no defense. Well, I mean, yeah. Well. Except for the blade, whatever. I'm not going to get right. into. It. I'm not uh, an expert on sword yeah. fighting, but I mean, no. this seems more of like a heavy, like I was saying, claymore, uh, European fighting style type sword, and that could be very interesting to see put up against a normal, quote unquote, normal type. It's good to see. Paper. It's good to see that Star Wars is back, and I'm excited about it because J.J. Yeah. Abrams. Did, I thought a great job with with Star Trek. Then I'm I'm excited to see what he does with Star Wars. All right, uh, we we we, we we're already falling behind here. News and notes. I know. Uh, so <clears throat> the let's see. I think bef- since the last time we yeah since since the last time we had an episode, the new <laughs> Super Smash Brothers for Wii U has come out, and I am loving it. It's pretty mm-hmm. dang awesome. Uh, what I'm not loving is another misstep. Some might say minor, some might say it's not. Um, another misstep on Nintendo's part when it comes to uh, reading their their fan base and their and adjusting their business business model. They have been pretty much completely not them. Everyone has been sold out of these Wii U GameCube controller adapters for the past two weeks. Yep, literally sold out. I actually called GameStop. I haven't been to a GameStop in years. I actually called a local one, like, do you have this? And they said, we are sold out across the whole company. We don't know when we're going anymore. That's Um, crazy. Nintendo has completely misjudged. And this is something Nintendo can tend to do at times. They're a very conservative company to their detriment at times. Uh, Normally, they're a conservative company. Usually, (laughs) people like uh, Chris Kohler, I love this saying of his, he says that... um, Something along the lines of, you know, back like scared or backed in a quarter Nintendo is best Nintendo because that's when yes. they come out of their shell and they are they be, become more willing to make mistakes. Right. <clears throat> um, or not make mistakes, more willing to take chances. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. In this case, they're like, oh, hey, people really like playing Smash with a GameCube controller. Let's give those people an option. So they make this thing. They sell it for 20 bucks. I don't know how much it costs to make one of these. Yeah. I have to imagine it's a high margin item. I, I would say so, and even Maybe then, fifty like percent or something, right? I probably probably more than that. I bet. Yeah, and, what, what, and they, 
they they completely dropped the ball. They could have been selling these things like hotcakes. Instead, you have scalpers grabbing them up and selling them on Amazon and eBay for about a hundred bucks. And what does that tell us about kind of gaming systems and classic controller models, right? I mean, I think that's, uh, to me, it's kind of, you can either look at something like that as like a glowing endorsement of the classic video game controller, um, or maybe the weakness in some of the, the, the newer controller apparatus that Sony and Nintendo have kind of tried to come up with to revolutionize the gaming experience that so many people want to go back to the classic controller feel to play something like Smash Brothers, and well, I think that's pretty cool. To me, it says two things. One, the GameCube controller, for all the crap it got at the time, is really yeah. a ridiculously comfortable controller. It is. It's, it's probably it is. one of the... I would say it's one of the best controllers ever made. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think so. Just for pure comfort. I mean... Certainly better than the 64 oh God. controller. <laughs> yes. Uh, but secondly, uh, I think generally gamers... I'm going to use my take out my broad brush here. Uh, yep. Gamers don't like change. <laughs> For yeah. all the complaining that, that we do or about, uh, hey, this New is, experiences yeah, and novelty. Yeah, like, oh, man, this Zelda game is just the same thing over and over. But you know what? That If, if they change things ridiculously, uh, a lot of people will complain. You know? And same mm-hmm. thing with Smash. It's like, look, they are making, they are making new GameCube controllers to sell for use with this adapter. Right. They are selling controllers for a system that came out in 2001. They're making new ones from the original mold. Like six units. Well, no, more than that, apparently, because they ran out of the adapter. So, I mean, yeah. the, the fact it's just, you know. Well, if, what if I mean you, is they you, sold like six GameCubes. So they're selling a they're selling apparatus for, you know. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. So like the, the GameCube didn't sell well at all. And apparently a, a bunch of people love the controller so much that they want that option. See, that to me is yeah. is why it's indicative of how good and enjoyable Smash Brothers is with a good old fashioned gaming controller and not a stinking Wiimote. It's something that people have grown up used to playing since Melee. Uh, right. They've been playing their Smash Brothers with the GameCube controller for the past 13 years and they don't want to change now if they can help it. Uh, no. Something else that tells me, and I've grown to understand this more and more in the past couple of months, the Smash Brothers competitive circuit is insane. And I don't think I'm ever going to understand it. No, but but did you you watch the doc? I watched part of the Smash Brothers, which was a very good uh, YouTube documentary on competitive Smash Brothers playing. And then also, if you hang out at all or read the um, Super Smash Brothers subreddit, uh, I'd say more than 50% of the posts there are like about competitive gaming. Uh, I see. Competitive playing of the game. It, like not only the people, like the big names who play it, but also like advanced techniques, this, that, and the other stuff that I frankly couldn't give two craps about. Uh, Got it. And it kind of just loses me. It's like, I just want to play. Like, I I think I'm good at Smash Brothers, but. You're I'm not trying not, to be the best. I'm not an e-sports guru yes. like a lot of these people at least liken themselves to be and it, it just goes no. way over my head and I'll, i'm right. never gonna understand it maybe i'm too old me too i i just like classic fighting games where you just push a lot of buttons so that's that's why smash brothers is fun for me mm-hmm. um oh and uh <clears throat> the new trailer for jurassic park came out all right moving on to mm-hmm. uh the topic du jour which right. is the topic of the day yes that thing we want to talk uh, yeah we're we're going to talk about freemium games. So this is something that that uh, was kind of brought on actually I think we talked about it a little bit on last time's episode when Shane joined us from yeah. Rerez. Um we kind you know, of uh, hit hit a few random topics at the end there. Yeah, we we uh, we talked about 
the recent South Park episode, which poked, uh, I would say a little bit of fun, but it's actually a lot of fun at freemium games, likening them to an addiction like alcoholism or drug addiction. Um, you know, not going to say that we agree or disagree with the harsh treatment there, but it, it's, it's, it kind of, kind of gave us the idea. Why don't we talk a little bit about freemium games, what we think of them, uh, and what they are and, you know, whether they're worth our attention or not. And that's why we're here. So we're going to talk about all those things. Why don't we start with, Rue, why don't you give us a, a little bit of a definition of what you consider a freemium, not a free, but a freemium game? Uh, well, let's see. Webster's Dictionary describes freemium as, yeah. as we are here ready to graduate. Um, yes. Uh, okay, so freemium uh, in, in terms of gaming, or really a lot of things. This isn't just something that's restricted to video games. Lots of other things. It's the... Uh, uh in fact drugs <laughs> you know that's that's yes. the that's the joke like hey man first hits free and then you got to pay for it right um mm. basically it's like a game you download uh, or buy no you download it uh, nowadays and um you, you you can play it in a limited aspect for free and then at some point there's some block there's a, like a roadblock or a time block or something that you have to pay to play more or or mm. get or advance you know right. um and then that's how those companies get their money. They don't get it up front by selling you the game. They get it by, uh, you know, your in-app. I, I say app because mostly this has to deal with phone app uh, applications, right. mobile right. applications. But uh, <clears throat> they get it later. And that seems to be one of the two ways that, um, you know, these mobile... They're going to dangle the carrot out it, in front of you. It's one of the two ways that mobile game companies have found to make money uh right. is one either well okay three ways one you just sell the game that's that has met with a lot of uh obs not obstruction but resistance uh, yes in the online or in the mobile marketplace for some reason one reason or another you could argue why that is uh right. two is either uh or two is that you put ad you sell give away the game for free and you put ads in it uh, right. I, I think that's a lot of how Angry Birds made money, frankly. Yes. Uh, and Rovio. And yeah. now they make a lot of money in merchandising, which is brilliant. Right? So the game becomes of kind of the, yeah, yes. like the game just becomes a gateway drug, if you will, to yeah. all the other things that they can sell you. And, it's and, like He-Man used to be for toys. Yes. And, and, the, and the third way would be this freemium model, which is basically you pay to play more of the game uh, yeah. or open up new spots. Um, and that is... You know, that's not re restricted to mobile gaming. You'll, in fact, find it on uh, Facebook uh, quite yes. a bit. Facebook games, oh, like, like Farmville or stuff like that. It's like, oh, if you want to... I've never actually played Farmville, so I'm going to talk uh, off, out of my ass right now. But, like, if you um, <laughs> if you want to put a cow over in this farm or expand this field, you're going to need to either... one of, And this becomes even more uh, of a web. It's either you pay some money or convince some of your friends to start right. playing the game and give you things. And then that gets right. them involved in the web of gaming. And that's, that's and it's a giant pyramid scheme. Basically it is. That's, that's the, that's a, that's a, that's going far afield of, of freemium gaming actually. But yeah. uh, that's another way that these, uh, some of these companies have been making money in the recent past anyway. But, you, but the, the reason I like the South Park episode is because it, it, it talked a lot about the kind of business model you have to have in order to sell this kind of thing, right? So what they do is they say, okay, out of a hundred people that download this app or download this game, 
99 of them are never going to spend one red cent with us. They're never going to spend any money. Mm -hmm. They're just going to play, do, use the free uh, stuff we give them, and they're going to do nothing more, right? And they're just waiting for that one person out of 100 that is so incredibly addicted that they end up spending 100 or $150 on the game. And that was like a dollar at a time. And that was like in the South Park episode to uh, these people that gamble. They go into casinos and they just sit there and gamble their money away at a slot machine all day. Right. Because they are addicted because they're getting that dopamine hit. Right. From the excitement of betting money. And, and you know, same kind of thing. You click a thing on the on the game that goes mm -hmm. like, ooh, yay, you did good. Yeah. Spinning lights and so here's a, here's you know. a spinning light and a fun noise. Right. Oh, right. now you got to pay money to get more of that. You know, that's right. That's right. So, you and know, it's, it's, it's a very different business model than with the traditional video game market that we're all very accustomed to, which is you spend a long time developing a, a game. You make it airtight and you, you know, you, you turn it what we call gold where it's it's the it's ready for public consumption. And then you release it to the public and they they give you money for it. And then you just sit there and watch them as they go and play your game and maybe you release an expansion or you do, you know, other things like that that take more effort. But the fact is, you get your money after you've created that game, but it kind of turns out away from a revenue stream at that point. Unless you have something like World of Warcraft, for example, which you know you have to pay for and you continue to pay for, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, you have to have a damn good damn game to do that. But uh, this is more of the variety, the, the business model really being of, you don't pay for anything up front. It's all free just to, to take down. And, and they do some cool stuff. Like they make you feel really good about the experience right off the bat because the first thing they do is say, hey, look, you're successful at this. Man, you're really, really good. You should totally keep playing this. And they lull you into a false sense of security. And then the next thing you know, you're playing for three hours straight. And they're trying to coax you into spending $10 to play for another three hours straight. So obviously South Park had a very negative uh, reaction to this whole Yes. Way, with this business model. So I so, would I would summarize it that way too. So my question to you is 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 it is it an inherently evil model? You know, or or not maybe not evil is the right word, but uh, uh, I don't know, dishonest. Uh, you know, does it does it actually prey on uh, people with problems, people with addiction problems? You know, if if there were no, here's what I would say: if there were no uh, quality experiences coming out of this kind of you know method because it's not necessarily a genre it's kind of more of a method of delivery it's how do you consume video games right um if there were no quality experiences i would say yeah it's deceptive it's it's like it's like some of those games like the the alternate reality games that were very popular um you know what seven or eight years ago where you know you're basically just chasing these fake stories just to try to get one little tidbit about something, you know, a movie trailer or a show or, you know, what have you. And all it really is, is, is a, an excuse to get you to watch advertising. Mm -hmm. um, that to me is, is kind of deceptive and crappy, but I can tell you, I, I played some pretty good free to play games and I played them for pretty extensive amounts of time. And they've been really quality experiences that didn't demand a ton of money and didn't demand, that I pay in, in in every case any money because I refused to, to to spend any money on, on any of those games. You had fun, uh, but I had a lot of fun with it. And and you know what? They were really well made. So with that being said, if it's a really well made game, uh, I have absolutely no problem with it whatsoever. Yeah, I would say that um, 
the deceptiveness that was kind of part of this wild west, wild, bleh, wild west of freemium games uh, with the rise of mobile gaming mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. the past five, six, seven years. Yeah, the deceptiveness is starting to go away either through actions of the uh, hardware uh, and software developers like like Android and Apple uh, or right. Google and Apple, I should say. <clears throat> or also because of smarter consumers. Uh, yes. I think the, one of the big, uh, one of the big problems that came out uh, early on was like the Smurf game, uh, like Smurf Adventure or something like that on, mm. on iOS years ago, where there was this in-game, uh, this, in-game this in-game way to buy like uh, Smurf berries or something like that. And it was a game for, that kids would play. And so, like, there would be angry uh, parents, like, calling Apple or whatever and complaining mm. because they're like, or, or AT&T or whoever, basically saying, like, hey, why are there, like, $300 worth of charges on my phone bill because right. my kid was playing this Smurf game? You know, because right. the kids would not, you're like, oh, I can get more Smurf berries instead of doing whatever I need to do to get Smurf berries. I can get them quicker by just pressing this button. And it's, like, automatically right. connected through all of the, uh, you know, internal phone doohickeys to the account so they can just get it easily and so that's something that android and apple have put up barriers to you know you have to like confirm more has to be more transparent that you're actually spending money and you can lock these out of a lot of games now if you're giving it to your child um yeah and i think i think part of this is also that developers became intrigued with this model because the grueling schedule of creating triple a titles Mm-hmm. Um, can absolutely kill somebody, right? So it, this is kind of a fun place to make video games now because it's it's more about how can we create a really, really good experience, solid experience. You know, this is not amateurs in a basement, you know, creating crappy games that just are, are designed to trick you into spending money. You know, there's some really good experiences out there by industry veterans mm-hmm. that are having fun trying to figure out ways to make a game fun, competitive, yep. But still, you know, enticing certain people that want to be, you know, more competitive or want to want to play at a different level, the ability to do it. And you know what? That's not to say that there aren't companies out there that are trying to make the quick buck with crappy sure. games that that trick you. But sure. the thing is, is that those are those are supernova when they are successful. They burn out really fast, and then people know better not to go back to that company. I mean, that's right. Uh, companies like uh, 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 Zynga, uh, which had has a lot of issues with trust with the public uh, has yep. been on nothing but hard times lately. Um, you know. And it's not, you know what? That's not uh, that whole trying to trick customers into buying your game is not something, not something uh, exclusive to freemium games and mobile gaming. I mean, right. look at things like the Sims uh, game or Sim city, game that just came out recently from EA. A lot of people yeah. would argue, uh, oh, yeah, they're trying to trick people into buying it. And we or we talked last time with Shane about the new Assassin's Creed game that had a, a an embargo, a review embargo until the game was actually out for sale so that people could pre-order it and get it before they realized it was a crappy game. Right. <laughs> right. Now, this is this is not a new phenomenon. So no. I think it's unfair to saddle freemium games completely with that. And yes. Someone, I can't, I'm sorry, I missed who exactly it was. Someone was brought, brought up a, an episode about extra credits, which I haven't seen, but they said that uh, basically what they said was that freemium games, in a lot of ways, are the best model or the yeah. fairest model, I should say, for consumer 
consumption uh, of, of gaming because they get the game for free front up front they see mm -hmm. how it works and mm -hmm. then if they want if they enjoy it they can put in the money right. as they go along it's kind of the update of the old demo system um you know from the shareware days back <laughs> in the pc you know shareware uh haze that we were all part of don't yeah don't start me with peter yeah. molyneux uh, uh tricking people to buy his game but anyway <clears throat> so you know there's a there is a uh I, I think really good ways to do this. And I think, you know, some people have talked about some of the methodologies like, hey, you know, here's some experience. Now you have to, you know, you, you did X. Now you have to wait or you can pay money not to have to wait to do the next thing. Right. Um, that's one way. Another way, I think, is that you offer the experience and you can earn, you know, the same Technically, you could earn the same amount of, you know, capabilities as someone that spends money. It just takes you a lot longer to do it, you know, because you're actually earning kind of experience points and then you spend them. And obviously you accumulate those very, very uh, slowly rather than spending money. But generally, I find that, that those kinds of games get cheaper over time because as as they grow older and older, they want to they want to keep the game alive. So they end up lowering the price. So you, if you stay with a game that long, you can probably end up getting the full game, every single experience for a dirt cheap price. Then rather than rather than having to pay it right as soon as the game comes out, which is another way. And I and I found to be a, a very successful way of doing things as well. I agree. Um, so. I guess uh, we've actually tackled quite a bit about our feelings on, on freemium gaming uh, yeah. in a short time. Uh, you had mentioned before that you had enjoyed some of these freemium yeah. titles. Which ones uh, tickle your fancy the most? Yeah, I mean, there's 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 some good uh, some some really good games out there that are um, yeah, Dungeon Keeper that I like. Tricky one. I like a game called uh, Honorbound for Android which is an RPG um, and it is, it's created by industry veterans, uh, American based industry veterans. So they're not like, you know, where you, you already feel a little weird cause you feel like these, you know, Chinese people in sweatshops created this game. Such a racist. Um, well, I mean, that's, that's, you know, like I play some of those games too, like where you, you, you download a game and it's like broken English and it, it doesn't really work quite right. And you go, somebody's just trying to do this as a money grab. This is definitely not that, you know, right? For, for a guy with the nickname Kami, I thought you would have more uh, respect for the, the Chinese of the Chinese. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's so true. But uh, you know, I, I said feel guilty about that anyway. So, <laughs> you know, uh, Honorbound is a great game because it, it it is very time based. So if you don't want to spend the time, you don't, you know, then it's not the game for you. But if you're the kind of person that can jump in, play for an hour, and then put something away and not play for another three hours, this game can totally work for you. And it's something that can work for a long time for you. I have not spent a red cent in Honorbound. It's always entertaining. Mm -hmm. There's real time events to play with. Well, what do you spend money to do? In the you can. Well, there's. Right? Like, but that's. That, this is, is the do? cool part of of, of Honorbound, right? There's like a hundred different ways to spend money in this game. So, it, it's one of the reasons why I think it's good. Um, you know, uh, there's an energy bar that basically dictates how many moves you can make on the RPG, on the big, on the dungeon map of the RPG board uh, before you have to stop and wait for it. But it's a continuously running clock. So you continuously regain energy, you know, like every five minutes or so, right? So you can literally be sitting there and go, oh, I stopped and just wait five minutes and then make the next move, right? 
Um, so you can spend money to, to get infinite energy. Um, you can spend money to get infinite gold, of course. You can spend money to get uh, embers, which allow you to upgrade your characters or give them special abilities or things like that, right? Um, you can spend money to unlock certain dungeon areas that are special to people that are paying customers. So you can keep keep playing the game, the, the single player game, just fine. But if you want to play in the you know in some of these special events, you pay to play to get into those special events. Okay, that's not bad. Oh, it's all really really good stuff. Yeah, and besides, there's, there's still content even if you don't want to pay for it. It's just a little bit. And those are the those are the best premium games to me. You can play a you can even play multiplayer arena games. So you know against another team that's playing honor bound that's of your kind of level for free. In the game, and that's limited, but you can pay for more time in that arena if you want to. But you can still play, you know, as as someone that's not paying even a dime to the game. So that's one of my favorites. Uh, the other thing I was going to mention was actually Tribes Ascend, which is one of my favorite games that's free to play. And this employs the complete opposite methodology. Tribes Ascend does not have a limited experience at all for anybody that goes to play the game. The issue is that um, you can always, if you want to, you can spend money to buy different equipments, power-ups, you know, things like that that help you do things a little bit better. Now, a lot of people don't like this idea because essentially your people are going to pay to be much, much better in the game or have a much better edge in the game. But if you're, if you're just in there to have fun and just blow stuff up and do some flag capture and stuff like that, it's just a great way to, to burn some time and to, uh, to get in and play. It's, you know, if you, if you don't mind being the person that's slightly, that doesn't have the, the competitive edge, right? Well, that's me all the time. Um, yeah. I, I see some good suggestions in the chat. Uh, I saw uh, uh, Nerf Trotsky says Dungeons Offenders on Android, which I've heard mm -hmm. great things about. I've heard um, great things about Na Avengers, I've yeah. never played it by her great things. Nasha mentioned Plague Incorporated, which I do have. That's one of the, I don't usually spend a lot because I'm super cheap on my phone. Uh, but uh, I did get, uh, sorry, I did get, Play Incorporated, and basically it's it's like this. It's like uh, you're, you're a virus that needs to kill everyone on the planet, basically. Um, mm -hmm. a, uh, can't think of the like Flash game it's based off of, basically. But anyway, and you can spend money to change like what type of disease you are. You can like instead of being a bacteria, be a virus, which has different you know characteristics or uh, or a uh, I don't know, whatever <laughs> else you want to yeah. kill to kill the planet. There, there's a lot of different content you can buy and it's, mm -hmm. uh, but you don't need it to play the game. It's just like, if you get really, if you get bored with one mode, you can buy another yeah. mode. It's kind of like DLC and instead of, uh, you can't play the game until you either wait or spend yeah. more money. I like that. The one I was going to come up with, uh, have you ever heard of quiz up? Quiz up. No, it, it is. Uh, it is great for trivia nerds like me. Um, Got second place last night in pub trivia, by the way. But anyway, um, it went to all sudden, the way to second place. It Fantastic. went. It went to sudden death. But, uh, it made me sad. The tie with the first people. Anyway, when when was the baseball Hall of Fame made? Uh, Ooh, that's a tough. That is tough. It's like 1930s. I misheard wow. the question. I said 1851 because I was like, oh, baseball invented. No crap. Yeah. Anyway, okay. my point is, uh, quiz up is this game where you, like it asks you you there's like hundreds of different um topics you can choose and that you play it 
you, you pick a topic and you can either challenge friends or challenge anyone else in the world who's playing who's at the same time and it matches you up and you both play like i don't know six or seven rounds and then whoever wins gets uh, or if you win well both people who play get experience points but you get more if you win and you raise yeah. levels it's like a weird trivia slash rpg hybrid and when you get to like 10 levels or 20 levels you get a neat little thing next to your name uh that's like a uh, a title related to that 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 topic so like if you get level 30 on retro games you're an nes master or something like that. yeah that's and then, cool and then there are leaderboards i don't like to brag but i happen to be the number one uh in north carolina for retro gaming in the month of november i cracked the top nice. 10 all time anyway uh, but it's fun, and the thing is, is that the way that they, it, it's very unobtrusive. There is freemium content, uh, or uh, paid content, if you wish. Basically, it, you can pay a few bucks to, like, double your experience for an hour, or triple it, or something like that. And so, like, uh, if you don't want to grind and grind and grind, if you just want to, like, be like, oh, yeah, I'm the master at this, and I want to show these other dorks on on this app about it you can and yes i am star scream i am <laughs> uh i i'm joey d on quiz up actually i think i did change it to rue recently anyway <laughs> but the, the point is that um uh you if you don't want to grind you can just i haven't done this but i've been very tempted to just pay a few bucks and instead of sp spending three hours on quiz up you can spend one and get all those experience points and there you go it hits your fun zone that's a good idea. I like that. I like it. It's 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 just not bad. It's it's a complete game even without paying anything for it. It's free to download. So yeah, go. Yeah, I like it. That's good. Anyway, um, yeah. So the, so we, you know, I think there's there's definitely some good freemium games and freemium experiences out there that are are worth our time. I know, you know, I'm surprised people in the chat haven't killed us for talking about, you know, um, Hearthstone. Um, or, or, you know, the old Republic or uh, some of those, you know, world of tanks, um, runescape. I know that's another one that a lot of people play, uh, and smite smite was the one I was really looking for. I thought everybody would, would say smite, but anyway, um, so, you know, there's some good experiences to be had there. And, and for me, it's less of a negative experience for freemium if you are, you know, if there are good experiences out there, and I think uh, a lot of games cross that threshold, they're good. They're really good. Yeah, I think a lot of people realize that too. There's not been, there hasn't been any real hate in the. Uh... <laughs> there, there, there hasn't. Been... I, apparently, I beat the former number one in retro games in North Carolina. Ah, suck it. Anyway, sorry, I got distracted. But the thing is that apparently a lot of people in the chat they also realize that because I haven't seen anyone really vehemently saying, "No, nah, freemium games are terrible." You know, for all of the. You know, people. I think people are smartening up for the most part. As, yeah. As to what is a scam, more or less, and what is quality freemium content, instead of broad brushing it all and saying it's crap. Yes, 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 yes. Or it's a scam or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not uh, necessarily. Um, I'm not necessarily very um, held up uh, with with reservation on this whole model. I think it's yeah. It's a legitimate way to make a game and hopefully make a good game. And uh, if there ever is one that strikes my fancy enough, I probably would end up paying for it. But all right. So let's move on to the question and answer portion of the program, because there are a lot of questions that have that people have asked this week. By the way, if you'd like to for us to answer a question of yours live on the air, all you have to do is ask a question. 
how, you, how do you ask a question to us? You just click on my name if you're in the chat, Commodore128. Just click on my name, send me a private message in the chat, and let me know what you want to talk about. Also, you can tweet at me at It's the Commodore, and I'll take your questions there as well. So I, I, I want to open up with a question because I got one from our good friend Ian uh, okay. from, from the Pat, the NES Punk uh, program. Uh, yes. Can you guys discuss meatballs and gravy? Thanks. Meatballs and gravy? Yes. First off, what I'd like to discuss about that is I am glad he is obviously from the north, uh, from a, a high-density Italian area, because he said meatballs and gravy, with yes. gravy meaning, of course, spaghetti sauce. Uh, well, I, I would have said those are two completely unrelated topics. That's because you have lived in the south too long. Uh, that's true. I remember I remember we were in college, and I'd be like, hmm, I'm going to get some spaghetti, like some gravy on my spaghetti, and people would be like, what in the hell are you talking about? Because to them, it's like sausage gravy. And I'm like, no, right. gravy. That's, that's you know, what you, you put on, on the spaghetti. On your spaghetti, you put on the gravy, you know. But apparently <laughs> no one outside of, like, New England area or the Northeast really says that, and I was, mm. that it was a rude awakening. So I appreciate Ian's use of the word gravy. I'll say that. I plus, like it. Plus, meatballs are tasty. Um, yeah, I'm. I got nothing on there because I <laughs> still I would never known it was gravy. But anyway, you're not a real so, Italian. No. Uh, BXNFX asks, how do you guys feel about J.J. Abrams's take on Star on the Star Trek reboot, and how do you think his lens? No pun intended. <laughs> As a director, will lead to a good or great Star Wars trilogy. Would you like to start off? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually really liked his reimagining of Star Trek, especially because of the fact that he wasn't a Star Trek fan before he took over the franchise. I think he did very well in creating good continuity. I think he did a great job of, you know, satisfying all of us that were fans, but made it fun and exciting. What do I think his lens as a director is going to do for Star Wars? J.J. Abrams is great at creating um, uh, uh, action sequences that are not hokey like like Michael Bay, but still effective. He is very good at developing tension on and off the camera. And I think he's got a really good way of, of pulling um, performances out of actors that are very spirited and very much to the, you know, the, the tone of the movie, he develops a very specific, clean tone for his work. I think, really, regardless of where you're looking, you know, I'm talking like Mission Impossible, I'm talking Lost, I'm talking all the, some of these things that he's done over the years. There's a very consistent tone throughout, and that's something I think his lens is going to bring to Star Wars, which has been missing sorely mm. since uh, the original trilogy. I think the new Star Trek movies have been good. Uh, I've enjoyed them. I think they're great for bringing attention back to the franchise, which has been unfortunately mm -hmm. pretty much dead for about a decade. Uh, uh, I, I don't know where it's going to go from here, but at least it's something. <clears throat> as far as Star Wars is concerned, I agree. I think it's going to be... Uh, I, I agree with what Commodore said for the most part there. Uh, I think it's going to be really good uh, in terms... I think he fits very well. I appreciate, especially after a lot of the disaster of the prequel trilogy... He's shown a, a use of or emerging of both practical effects with CGI that is much more gripping uh, in terms of 
or more effective, I guess I should say, yeah. than than the pure CGI we unfortunately have seen previously. Uh, and he's shown it's that in, in his other movies, in the Star Trek movies. Uh, did he do the Mission Impossible movie? He where... did Mission Impossible Three. Is that the one? Where... Just three. Is that With, the one uh, with the Burj Khalifa in Qatar, or no? Yes, I okay. think it is. So the wait, fact... wait, or yeah, it four? is. Regardless, no. they, those those movies have. There's been a lot of Mission Impossible movies. There have been a lot of Mission Impossible movies. Strangely, really uh, but yes, it's it's. Uh, oh god, uh, it's a very good mix. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see that. I, I think it's going to be good. And by the way, I apologize. It's it's backs and effects. Um, <laughs> all right, so. Um, Bobby Con or Bob Icon, I can't decide which. Asks, Ooh, will you be continuing? Will you be continuing your mother's save file during the marathon charity event? The answer, which will be the answer to most of everyone's question, is if someone's willing to donate. <laughs> so yes. if, if someone's willing to donate, I will absolutely continue to play Mother during the well, marathon, and I will even Earthbound. play it for an entire additional. Well, yeah, right. You're right. Sorry, Earthbound. And we play it for a good amount of time, folks. Like if you yeah. if you pay the seventy five dollars uh, to to uh, the St. Jude's charity for us to play a game, we'll play it for a good at least like fifteen or twenty minutes. Yeah. So you we can, don't just sit around doing nothing. Or if if you're a real masochist, you can pay to have uh, Commodore beat Lester the Unlikely, or Ugh. or eke the cat. That's going to cost you a lot of money. Babies but anyway, I'm, pull pull your funds, people. Um, but anyway, there's another another question from Bob Icon who wants to ask a, uh, a a more serious question. How do you and Rue feel about the app permissions and freemium games that they require? Right. So you know when you download something, it asks you for permissions to do certain things. Mm -hmm. I had a professor test about a thousand Android apps, and about eighty percent of the games tested were either accessing the user's information account address book or sending communication packets to random servers. Mm -hmm. That's not surprising. It, but it is also the scariest part, right? Because yeah. Even the ones that are good might be collecting information about you that you don't want to get out there. Yeah, right? we, and we, we didn't even really discuss uh, another way that companies can make games or sorry, make games, make money off of you is uh, or not just with games, pretty much anything you do on the Internet is <clears throat> basically you're not the you're not the customer. You're the product. And then they sell your right. information to whoever else. That's right. Uh, that is unfortunately a pretty necessary evil right now. Uh, it keeps a lot of these companies in business that otherwise give you free stuff, like Google, frankly. Yeah. Uh, they're probably the biggest, biggest purveyor of information on the planet. Uh, That's right. Now, hopefully none of it is specific to you, but at the end of the day, I'm not sure how much I buy that. Get it? Buy that. Get it. Um, <laughs> Chili Penguin asks... What Genesis slash, slash Sega CD games are you two most looking forward to possibly playing during the marathon? Yeah, we didn't have a Genesis before now or Sega CD, no, we obviously. Did not. Uh, anything in particular you're interested in looking forward to playing? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I am looking forward to a lot of Genesis games because we just haven't had that before. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the games I cannot wait to play and someone is going to have to stop me from like somebody's going to have to we'll have to put it on the shelf and only when someone donates will we play this game but i cannot wait to play streets of rage 2 oh that has uh, yuzo koshiro did the music on that right i uh, yes and i absolutely the, love that game he's one of the few people i think that made the uh, 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 genesis sound chip sound good he used the twanginess to full effect um, to make it uh, 
effective and successful. Uh, he's, yes. he's, he's awesome. Uh, you know what? The, the, the Power Rangers game on the Genesis was actually mm-hmm. very good. It was like a fighting game. Yes, I don't know. I do okay, know. very good might be overstating it, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. we, we can do some of that. <clears throat> Especially if you were a fan back there, then. There are some Sega CD games I'm, I'm looking forward to that I haven't played in a long, long time. Things like uh, um, Sewer Shark and Crisscross make my video. Oh, God, that's going to be <laughs> awesome. Do you, what I'm really looking forward to, though, is, is uh, the uh, Marky Mark. Because oh, Marky yeah, Mark's still so fan. I got to do the Marky Mark make my video. And, of course, Sonic CD, uh, which is... Pretty awesome, yeah. It's, it's a really good game. I've never I, I can't wait. I can't wait to do the after dark sessions. Oh, oh, the Gray Wolf Night Trap, so that we can play Night Trap. Yeah. Just, just, just so we can show how god awful it was and how it's really not really a game at all. Oh man, we're gonna have the CDI too, so we can do uh, Voyeur. Voyeur. The, old, the 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 game that miraculously we 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 beat that one time, and then never played again. Yeah, that was a surprising. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> it was that game about uh, Mitt Romney. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like this guy becoming president and he looked just like Mitt Romney. Anyway. Um, let's see. VN Reader asks, first time watching this live, what yeah. would you both say your favorite non-16-bit, Your so I'm going to read this more slowly, your favorite <laughs> non-16-bit JRPG is that isn't developed by Square or Squeenix. So non-16-bit, uh-huh. not developed by Square. Or, or Enix, which is fine because Enix doesn't really develop anything. So I'm going to cheat and say like Dragon Warrior 8 yeah. <laughs> because I was, de- was developed by level five. Um, nice. Or level five. Yeah, level five. Yeah, level five. Uh, if you want to go past that, and that was for the PS2. But if you want to go outside of that, um, non-16 bit, man, you got to make it hard. There were some good ones on the PlayStation. I remember that. There I can't were. remember who developed them, uh, but they were there were some good games. I'm trying to think. Um, I hear very good things about. Uh, oh man, Suikoden. Who did Suikoden? Yeah, I have no idea. I don't think it was Square. I don't think so either. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Sweet Home on the NES, which I believe was made by Capcom. Huh. Game. It never came out in America, uh, but it's a very interesting one. I'm trying to think of that one. Do you remember that game that I used to play all the time on the PlayStation where you'd actually pick combos of different like moves, right, left, right, left, and then you would and then it would go through the combos with a Do you remember that? It was on it was I I can see the cover in my head and I can't think of the name. It wasn't Wild Arms. Nino Kuni is is good. To the Moon, I don't know if that's an RPG. That's more of a text adventure almost. Um I can't. I cannot remember that. That was one of my favorite games for the PS One. I've got it in a closet somewhere. And, anyway, and, and sorry to, to answer Techie's question, who just, that just came up because uh, there's a little delay on the chat. Uh, yeah, we have we have a Sega CD to play Night Trap on. So, no. uh, Konami yeah. did Suikoden. Thank you. I didn't, I, I'm pretty sure it was not uh, Square. People have sworn on Suikoden too. Unfortunately, it's like 200 bucks to play. Legend of Lagaya. That's what it was. Thank oh, you, okay. everyone. Thank you all. Legend of Lagaya was actually a lot of fun. It was a fun. It, it, it added a lot more action to the uh, to the traditional turn-based RPG. It was a lot of fun. Um, but it's square. It is square. You're right. It's it, it, it's it's square. Sorry. 
I'm also thinking of Breath of Fire, but did Square make Breath of Fire? I'm seeing Squaresoft on at least the first one, but I don't know if that's if they just published. It's I'm weird so how these confused. things. I know these things just leave your mind after a while. Like I, I, I don't know why that happens. Uh, yeah, there's tons of good stuff. Yeah. All right, let's go to. <laughs> um, the answer, yes. As, yes. As um, one. Good friend of the program, Psychopather, asks. How much do I have to donate to get you guys to do the Macarena during the marathon? Now, this is an interesting question hmm. because any of you that have watched marathons of, of yesteryear know that, uh, especially in the old days, we were desperate, desperate for donations. And we would do just about anything short of nudity. Sometimes and, that. And sometimes that. And being uncouth. And sometimes that. But, but we would do just about anything to get donations. So we used to offer to do group dances. We did the YMCA. That's true. We did. I've done that in a did while. the Macarena. Um, we've done all kinds of things. Breath of Fire so how was much... developed by Capcom, just published by Squaresoft. Boom. Weird. Anyway. Boom. Take that. So, you know, how much do you have to pay? I don't know. But my guess is it'll probably depend on how desperate we are for donations. So if you're watching at 3 o'clock in the morning... And we haven't had a donation in like 30 minutes. That's the time to make cheaper. it happen. Yeah, it might be cheaper to for you to for watch us to do the Macarena. Ah, la, 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 la. Um, mm. Let's see here. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Techie uh, just posted in the chat <clears throat> having to do with what we were talking about for the actual, uh, you know, the freemium episode, part of the episode. He says, uh, this probably came up early before I joined, but I think the epitome of modern bad freemium is Zynga. Uh, the company behind Facebook games such as Farmville and Mafia Wars was built on scams and spyware. In a recent yep. video uploaded by TechCrunch, Zynga CEO Mark Pincus, which is a great name, um, Pincus, Pincus. Pincus, uh, Pincus. Re reveals that he willingly scammed players of Facebook games to build his company. Wow. Pretty much. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, we did mention Zynga. We didn't go into how awful they were, but basically we did put them up as an example of bad freemium. Anyway. Yes. Uh, nice. I like that. Um, Cyber Angel 1989 asks, um, my question is, will we get Slap Happy Jeopardy and or name that tune or maybe even Eugene Levy's Miniature Golf this year? <sighs> The answer is, you're damn right you will. <laughs> Especially if you donate to make us play it. Especially if you donate to make us play it, or make us play it multiple times, which people did uh, last year as well, where they just could not get... There was no stroke limit on uh, requesting Eugene Levy's miniature golfer CDI. And this year, hopefully, we'll actually have a real controller, so we won't have to use the uh, kid controller to play Eugene, to play uh, Name That Tune. So... Uh, which should be an entirely different kind of experience. Although I don't think we're going to do what we did that last time during the CDI-specific part of the marathon where we actually set up a TV and played Mad Dog McCree. So that's probably off the table. Uh, man, I can't find it, but it's, like, it's, like, it's not just Eugene Levy's miniature golf. It's Eugene Levy's wacky, wacky world of miniature golf. Yeah, something like it's that. It's a terrible yeah. miniature golf game narrated by Eugene Levy. Yeah. Of American Pie fame. Stroke limit. Holy crap. Um, yeah, I, I was randomly watching um, the movie Splash with Tom Hanks the other day, and he's in that. I was like, oh, it's, it's Eugene Levy. He's been in a lot of movies. He's been in a lot of movies, but you don't think of, he's not like, he's not rememberable in a lot of things except for like American Pie. You know what perhaps his biggest movie is? 
Armed and Dangerous, where he starred opposite John Candy. Oh my God, John Candy's also in Splash, by the way. Uh, that was my case. Gribo one hundred and one asks: Do either you or Rue have either? Uh, oh, so to, to either you or Rue, have either of you considered getting contacts? Do you like them? Uh, you know what? I have contacts. I don't use them unless I need to. I don't like them. I have contacts, and I used to wear them all the time until I started. Until I got a brand new pair, and they gave me migraine headaches every single day. I wore them, so I stopped wearing them. Um, but anyway, those of you that that watch the show enough know that I don't always wear glasses. So yeah, uh, I, I consider things like uh, laser eye surgery and stuff in the past. But you know what? I like pretending to look smart, so I wear glasses. Yeah, it's good. Yep, I can do this to look even more particularly smart. Yes. Um. Yes. Quite. Quite. Yeah. Um, all right, so a uh, good friend also of the website, Mark Hidoshi, who will sadly not be with us for the marathon this year, um, uh, live. <laughs> he will be with us overseas. Oh, yeah. He's, he's Wait, what? He Well, I mean, he's not really over the sea. By but, overseas, uh, you mean like over Lake Ontario? Borders. Yeah, yeah, borders. Yeah. Um, <laughs> multiple borders. How much of Star Wars movie continuity do you actually feel is worth seeing? Now, this is a great question. Ah. So in other words, do you need them to go back and rehash the entire story from, you know, all the novels that take place between Return of the Jedi and, you know, the, the, the Star Wars 7? Wait. Do you need do you need to, do you need to have all that stuff spelled out to you in order for you to have any kind of you know, enjoyment of Star Wars? Do you need to be able to see, get rehash of the first trilogy? Do you need to get constant reminders that these are the same characters in order to have enjoyment of the trilogy? I think that's that's the crux of this question. I don't think so. Um, th that That's one of the nice things about Star Wars compared to something like Star Trek. It's not mired in ridiculous amounts of, <clears throat> uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, canon. Yes. Um it's six movies, you know, and, yes. and the expanded universe has now been officially thrown out. So that stuff doesn't really matter anymore. Yep. Um, meh. Yeah. I, I don't think you need to watch much at all. I mean, I, I would suggest like if there was someone coming in off the street today, I'd say, yeah, go ahead and watch the first three or, or um, you know, the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, not really worth it at all. Frankly, that, that's nope. not it. I mean, that's not anything shocking no. to say, I don't uh, think. Yeah, I, I don't think that's that's gonna happen anytime. I, I I don't think when my daughter grows up that I'm gonna show her the first three films first. I'm gonna show the or the original three, the original trilogy. <laughs> um, because it's not really important that she gets all the backstory. There. Get rid of the bad fan fiction known as the EU by Red. Um, yeah. <clears throat> one thing I will say. Uh, I did pick up the Grand Admiral Thrawn trilogy, which is generally considered like the best expanded universe star wars trilogy there is i have i have never read i've read star trek novels i've never read a star wars novel i read one star wars novel and read it, one. it wasn't all yeah. that impressive um but i i really am kind of looking forward to the uh the thrawn trilogy i hear it's really good it's one of the earlier books that was written uh so it's not mired down in the eu canon that eventually came out so yeah. Right, which which probably was a good thing. Yeah, and Nash, uh, Nash puts it really well. You can watch the original trilogy and skip the prequels. You miss nothing. There is yeah. literally nothing that is crucial 
to know from the nope. prequels. No, the only thing it makes you do is ask stupid questions like, why is that Stormtrooper not Jango Fett? Like, yeah. I, I never would have thought that if I just watched the original trilogy. I mean, frankly, right? you can watch the episode two and three and never watch episode one and you're perfectly fine. Episode one is, is true? super yeah. pointless, you know? Yeah, if, it is kind anyway. of super pointless. Just introduces the characters. And then you wonder what happened to Mark Hamill's face. And then it reintroduces. The, wait, what? No, I'm talking about episode one. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Episode four. Definitely I, watch uh, episode sorry, four. Sorry. Yep. Yep. I got gotcha. you. Um, evil Mani Mani asks now that you now that we're a few years this this to show you the breadth and depth of questions we'll answer here on the Echo Screen Live now that the, that we are a few years out from the housing crisis do you think it's a good idea to go from a renter to a buyer? What a great question! Depends where you live. First off, definitely depends on where you live. Um, who? Okay, so. <clears throat> It's not a bad idea to get a house now. It's definitely a lot harder to get a loan than it was five years ago, which yeah. many would argue is a good thing. Yep. Um, but that being said, the interest rates are pretty damn good these interest days. Interest rates are pretty low. They really can't do much but go up. I know. Eventually. I know. Uh, if you buy in a an area that is likely to rise in value that is more like like people are moving there a lot um yeah. that is still good i think the housing market in a lot of places like florida and las vegas and arizona is still like they had such a boom that yeah. they are still having a hangover from that but there are places people are moving to and that are growing a lot you know um north carolina is one of them you know uh it's not a bad idea to buy a house in in one of the metro areas there uh, because right. because more people show up, houses will become more valuable. You know, you you can consider that a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You can consider that a, an investment. Yeah. Uh, having said that, it's a major pain in the ass to own a house, and many times I wish I still had an apartment. Yeah, I mean, uh, we just had our first big snowstorm of the season. I got a big dose of what that's like compared to being in an apartment versus being in a house. You know, um, I think it's really all you know. We're, we've come to an age where I think you could definitively go both ways. You, know, you, you could you could be a renter or you could be a buyer. And people legitimately live their entire lives under both of those banners. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not it's not kind of the stigma that used to be around where, you know, you either have a house with a white fence or you're nobody. Right. Um, that, and that is so, a big difference from it was like 30, 40, even 20 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of a lot more people do that kind of thing now. The fact of the matter is, there's a lot better places to rent these days that are kind of more designed for comfortable living too. Um, so there's that going on. A lot more amenities and things like that, you know, from from all the things that uh, from all the things that a complex is put together now. So I don't know. I still I I'm still a buyer. I obviously just bought a house. I I I'm still a buyer. Uh, I, I found a lot of the same conditions that we just outlined here. And, you know, for me, it just made sense. I felt like I, I felt like I was throwing my money away for a while. What are you laughing at? Hidoshi's comment in the, in the chat room. We, t Clan of the Grey Wolf, we talk meatballs and gravy and housing and not games. And not games. Oh, I'm going to make that a um, banner. Hey, but that's, I, I like that, actually. Somebody should save that. There it is. There. <laughs> meatballs and gravy. <laughs> Very good. Very well played. Well played, Mark. All right. So, um... Do we, do we have any, I, uh, 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 what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like lightning round questions? Yes. 
Iron Buddha 80 asks, since PlayStation just turned 20, my question for both of you is, when did you get your PS1? And what were your first games for it? I never got a PS1. Still don't. Yeah, I got a PS1. <laughs> I got a PS1 pretty early in the life cycle. My first, the reason we all got it was for Final Fantasy VII. Uh, but I, I also had Gran Turismo, like everybody else in the world. Um, what else? Yeah, that's pretty good. I got a PS2 in 2002, and I uh, backfilled. I, I basically picked up all three of the uh, Final Fantasies that I missed out on, Xenogears, uh, a lot of RPGs, essentially, and then mm -hmm. kind of filled out from there. But I, I was a staunch Nintendo 64 kid. We, we had lots of uh, debates about that. Oh, God, did we? And I feel I feel I feel like I was dorks. vindicated. I feel like I was vindicated by history, by the way. Eh. Yeah. Eh. Yeah, I was. I was. I was vindicated by history. Eh. Um what is wrong with the Nintendo sixty four? Everything. With the Wii U gaining some ground going into its second and third years, by the way, this is Karate Avenue who asked this. With the Wii U ga gaining some ground going into its second and third years, do you think Nintendo has another full on Legend of Zelda title up their sleeves? Yeah. You think so? For for Wii U? They mentioned it at like E three this year. Full full fledged, full they on full on yeah. They haven't had a full on The Legend of Zelda title for Wii U. So mm. this is supposed so to be I mean, I assume that I don't know. Uh, that's a weird question, I think. Uh maybe you're not aware of it, but I mean like it's it's it it sounds like they're going really open world with it. it sounds like it should be very interesting. Uh mm. I'm I'm anxious to uh, get a hand on it. I mean, like this was a this was the year of a lot of big releases for the Wii U. You know, you got Smash Brothers, you got uh, Mario Kart 8, you had uh, Mario 3D World come out last year, late last year. Mm -hmm. There's not a huge amount in the pipeline uh, of the, of the already established big names that we know of. Mm -hmm. I know there's another uh, Miyamoto, Miyamoto is working on a Star Fox game, which could be interesting. Uh, that could, and then yeah. there's the big Zelda game, but uh, yeah, next year will be interesting to see how what happens with the Wii U. That's going to be a make or, make or break year. Yeah, and uh, like I said, documented here before, I think at all the next generation consoles, I think it's the one that makes the most sense right now if you're a true gamer. Yeah. Um, Grubba asks, what obscure video game do you think should have more recognition? Could it be a hidden gem, no <laughs> pun intended, or anything you just think is underappreciated? Well, a lot. <laughs> just a lot but pick one you can pick one um i'll go with one this is you know here's the thing go ask people that know video games about the video games that are all really really good and you're going to get pretty similar answers here's one that i think universally gets uh attention that that was very much an unpopular game beyond good and evil oh yeah that's a good one is a really really good game. It is very to say it's underappreciated is a lie because now it's very much appreciated because everyone that knows yeah everyone that knows video games knows that Beyond Good and Evil is a really really good game that sold really really well uh, sold really really poorly. Um, and by the way, there is supposedly a sequel in the works, but um, that's go, that's one I would bring up. I'll go with a similar one from that era. And and again, you could debate how un unwell known it is, but Psychonauts. Uh, Yes, like one of one of Tim Schafer's last big studio release, not big studio, but like big releases uh, outside of Kickstarter. Uh, <clears throat> the gameplay was was mediocre to good, but it was really the writing uh, and the humor that was excellent. Like, like most Tim Schafer games, you know, it's it's really the the writing that that elevates it, and it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Played I, I started I started recently to play it. I haven't played it all the way through, but it it it's a very gripping, awesome game. Yep. Buffalo Bills asks, 
What's the cheapest way to do MAGFest? Do it. You can. I'm just reading the question. <laughs> uh, again, depends where you live. Uh, you could um, hitchhike there, and uh, true. S- you could bludgeon someone outside the hotel and steal their pass. We're not condoning this behavior. By I'm the just way. saying it's the cheapest. Um, yes. And then you could like walk into the restaurant there when you're hungry and just steal food off people's plates and run away. Um, uh, if you're thirsty, uh, I mean. There's tons of toilet water you could drink uh, for Don't free. Do that. Don't um, do that. Uh, Cheapest yeah. way to do to do Magfest is not to go. <laughs> There's also um, that, that's the way Commodore does it. Yeah, and just just watch all the videos after it's over. Uh, for um, a lot of people you can get a room with, basically. That's true. That's that's probably the easiest way to do it. Techie asks a very important question that should be brought up in the housing debate since we talk housing and gravy and not games and meatballs. It is a house. Different from an apartment, as far as gaming goes. Hmm. Huh? Uh-huh. Uh, you, you usually have more space in your house to house boxes of crap. True. Well, uh, in my case, it's less. But yeah, I get you. <laughs> well, depending on whether or not you're living with a woman. Um, Correct. Yes. Correct. Uh, I, I had a lot more crap. Why before that happened? Another thing is you don't have to worry about sound when you are not in an apartment when you're in the house. Uh, you can That's have true. like people over and be loud and play Smash Brothers or whatever uh, until all hours of the night and not have to worry about waking neighbors or pissing. Speaking out of which, we need to catch up on some Super Mario War whenever you come up here because oh, yeah. oh my god, I played that game the other day with some friends and it was incredibly good. Um, still good all those years later. Yeah, I would say, you know, apartments, the, the biggest problem I had in, a, in an apartment was that I, I had to worry about the noise because so many games now have great sound attached to them. And mm-hmm. it's really, really hard to keep that under control, especially when you have like a subwoofer and things like that where you want to enjoy the experience. And Nash also brings up a great point is you can just screw up all the walls in your house to install uh, whatever you need, like power lines or Ethernet cable. Uh, That's true. Which is also, I mean, you, I guess, technically could do that in a in a... In yeah. an apartment, but you'll pay I wouldn't recommend when it. you leave. Yeah. Yes. I would not recommend it. It's not worth it. Um, let's see. And uh, here's a cool one. Nerf Trotsky asks, what Nintendo franchise do you think would make a decent freemium game? Uh, yeah, people have been saying for a long time, Nintendo should go mobile. I just don't think so. I don't Pikmin? Think... <sighs> Pikmin would, could probably be a, a freemium game. Maybe. I'm very I can li- see them doing a new Super Mario RPG as a freemium game. The thing is, the thing is, is that I don't know. I, I'm I'm maybe a little stodgy. To me, a lot of console games are console games, and a lot of mobile games, freemium games, are what they are. You can't really mix them. It's like it's not like peanut butter and jelly. It's like peanut butter and uh, bodily fluids. Um, doesn't taste as good. Yeah. What? What? Huh? What? What? What'd you Who? say? Somebody, somebody's throwing stuff. <laughs> um. All right. Good. 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 All right. Well, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied by that. I think we can, we can end up. At, uh, <laughs> of course, that would on, the, on the, on the thought of, yeah, of bodily fluids and their taste. Um. Okay. Well, listen. We, we, we didn't do what we wanted to do here. We didn't finish in an hour. No. But we still had fun. And we're still all okay. Mostly. I'm okay. And you're okay. <laughs> um, I don't know why I wanted to say that. But anyway, so thank you for spending 
more than the last hour with us uh, because, you know, we, we, we think all of you are very special. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you to those folks that asked questions. I'm sorry to those of you that asked questions that we didn't get to because there were a lot of questions this evening, which is you know, not a bad thing at all. Mm -hmm. If you didn't get your question answered on the air, save it. Save it. You want to know why? Put it in your pocket. Put it in your pocket. You can pull it out during the old marathon and ask us live on the air there because, I mean, we have nothing to do but answer questions at that point. That's true. So uh, <laughs> please please uh, whip out those questions at that point. Or you can save it until the next time we talk to you in this particular Echo Screen Live format, yes. which will be in the new calendar year. Yeah, we're taking quite a bit of time off for this one. Uh, 2015. Ooh, Back to the Future 2 year. Woohoo! Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's actually five weeks from now. So you'll see us again here on Echo Screen Live uh, 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 Wednesday. Uh, uh, life uh, 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 finds uh, a way. Finds uh, finds a way. <laughs> there it is. There's a new. What was it saying? Jurassic Park movie coming out. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. it doesn't look that great. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday, January seventh. <laughs> Are you having a stroke? Um, I'm having a stroke. When, when they smell almonds. Wednesday, January 7th uh, at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, yes. But you can see us for way too much time before that during the 6th Annual Clan of the Grey Wolf Charity Marathon uh, starting at noon Eastern Standard Time on Friday, December 12th yes. and running through the evening of the 14th. Uh, please, 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 please. Spread please, the please, word, please. Uh, if you would. We please. would love you forever and uh, donate donate go to clan the and you'll see a rundown of what you will get at Please. different levels if you donate uh remember we have that great artwork uh, i'm very very excited by that we can give away we have lots of other fun stuff uh and you know what it'll just be fun time there's going to be all kinds of fun this is always a great event for those of you that have never been a part of one of these before it's well worth your time even if you're sitting at work on the weekend you need a little break from monotony jump right in we're gonna have a blast any time of day or night during the weekend you can tune in and watch us you can donate you can make us play really awful games not that anybody does that certainly not but yeah you can also make us play some of your favorite games if you've got some games back from the old 16-bit era that you would like to see us play we would be happy to do so uh, i have a funny feeling we're going to be replaying some of the classic games that from marathons past that got a lot of great attention like all of the uh, Legend of Zelda games from the CDI oh, generation. Which aren't that um, bad. Which say, aren't that bad. And say. it'll even be better now because we'll actually have a real controller to use. Compared to uh, um, uh, the wacky world of miniature golf with, uh, what's his face? Eugene Levy. G Eugene Levy. <laughs> this is mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. They're great games. And again, a reminder, if you have any digital download codes uh, that you would like to send us for us to give the way, uh, during raffles, we would love uh, love you a long time and appreciate it. Please send it to uh, cotgw.marathon at google, sorry, at gmail.com. The one thing that is very safe is that we will not at all, at all, be playing any rock band whatsoever. Oh, God. I still that have will, nightmares. Yeah, that will never, never, ever be happening. Someday, actually, during the marathon, we, we should talk a little bit about how... Our, how bad our experiences were during the Rock Band Marathon. And we'll do it probably later on. There's going to be all kinds of cool features. Like we do a little Clan of the Grey Wolf after dark where the show gets a little more, way a little more edgy for our more adult uh, listening audience. Um, not all that so, edgy. Not all that edgy, really. Not I mean, really. we were not really an edgy bunch. Uh, uh, yeah, we're total. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. 
We'll see you there. But there's always fun to be had. Yeah. So we'll see you there. And if we haven't enticed you yet, what the hell is wrong with you? Be enticed already. What do you do with your spare time that that doesn't entice you? Come on. Get in here and tell all of your friends, even if you only have four of them. In this moment, you don't love me anymore. Um, I don't know what I'm singing. That doesn't even that doesn't even sound remotely like that song. <laughs> but uh, at the at, you know, let people know. Link to the site on on Facebook, on Twitter, on every social media platform you can possibly. Or imagine. even Zelda Please. to the site. That's fine too. Zelda, whatever you possibly can imagine to do. There will be cats. There will be cats. Let it, cat dancing is going to happen. Yep. There will there could potentially even be a real cat face. You must, must get in on this. It's going to be an incredible amount of fun. <laughs> Please tell everyone you know. That's how we get the, this word out. And that's how we close, you know, uh, the, 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 the gates here on $15,000 worth of, of a goal that we've set for ourselves this year. And I guarantee so, there will be no singing at all during the marathon. No, not even close. Not once. No singing. Nope. Nope. Banned. No singing at all. Don't even come trying to expect it. No, there won't be anything. We've actually outlawed singing this year. Yep, you'll be banned. banned. Uh, totally. If you yep. try to sing in the chat room, we're going to kick you. Kick ban. <laughs> Permaban. Permaban for Nuket singing in the chat room. If you, try to, if you even mention two words that, that cannot be mentioned during the entire marathon together in the same sentence are musical and theater. Nope. None of those words can be uttered. Not allowed whatsoever. Not allowed whatsoever. We have completely destroyed and denied the, the capability for anyone to mention those words. All right. I think we've gone long enough. <laughs> uh, I think we've gone long enough. Uh, thank you all for watching. Please, as we said, join us for the marathon. And, uh, you know, uh, by the way, you can catch up with us at any point by, by tweeting at me. You know where I am at this point. I'm at It's the Commodore and Rue. I'm at Rue underscore C-O-T-G-W. Yeah. So please, you know. Check in with us every once in a while. We get lonely out we, there in the Twitterverse. We miss you. We miss you. It's good to have you, you back. You don't call anymore. No. And if you're sitting out there listening or watching and you'd like to get in on the action, you know, join the chat. Join us sometime on the, on the, <laughs> during the live program. We'd like to have you here. It's always fun. All right. Uh, thank you for all of you for watching. It's been a lot of fun talking about freemium games and or the and all the other absurdities that we brought up this time. Um, for Rue, I am the Commodore from the Clan of the Grey Wolf, and there is... No reset button. See you at the marathon. episode of Echo Screen Live brought to you by Mitch Hedberg's, uh, what? He's actually a person. I, I was trying to make up a name. Anyway, <laughs> Mitch Hedberg's, uh, uh, Am I having stroke again? <laughs> gravy and Meatballs and Mortgage Emporium. Come in for the Gravy and Meatballs and leave with a house. A whole house? A whole house. You have to eat the whole thing before you leave. That's a lot of gravy. That's, um, I can't top that. Sorry.